let's get ready to study God's Word. Greetings to one and all. Welcome to another episode of Rightly Divide the Word of Truth. This is Andrew S. Baker, and it's time for another devotional study. Please be sure to visit us at biblestudy.asbzone.com, where you can find links to our previous episodes and various Bible study resources. Let's have a word of prayer before we get into our study. Dear Heavenly Father, we want to thank you for the privilege of the study of your word. We thank you for granting unto us your Holy Spirit. We thank you for wisdom and understanding. We ask for all of these things as we enter into a discussion of a critical topic. We pray that you will bless us and bless our listeners as well. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Today's study is entitled, The Divinity of of Jesus Christ. Our passage for this study is John 1, 1 to 3. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. All things were made by Him, and without Him was not anything made that was made. As usual, that's brought to us by the King James Version of the Scriptures. Recently, we did a podcast on Christ and his humanity and the role it plays in, in salvation. Lately, we have seen a resurgence of arguments about the divinity of Christ. Many people believe many different things. Well, we're going to do a brief study. This podcast episode will be brief, but it will be attached to a larger document that will give you more of the verses. What we're going to do here is a subset of the verses um, and kind of discuss the high points, but you will have the full reference document linked with the description of this podcast. Okay. While many people believe that the Son of God is a created being or that the God of the Old Testament is different from the God of the New Testament, the Bible teaches that these things are not so. What the Bible definitely teaches us is that Jesus Christ, the incarnate Son of God, is the divine, eternal God, the revelation of the Father, and the active agent of both creation and redemption. Okay? So to be clear, the Father is God, and the Son is is God. This confuses a lot of people because they assume that God plus God equal gods. But as we mentioned in the other podcast, anything about the Godhead has to be taken as it is presented. We cannot use human logic to try and reason how we interpret the Godhead. And before I forget, we did an episode about the Godhead in the True Wisdom 
podcast, which will also be linked. What we'll do now is go through just a subset of the verses that are here. We want to be able to touch on this topic enough to give you a good foundation on this. The following passages will show that Jesus Christ is the incarnate Word of God and is indeed God and that he was with the Father from eternity and that the Son is the God of the Old Testament. Okay? And that the Son shares many titles with his Father, but he has one title that he does not share with his Father. There are a couple, actually. Lamb of God is not shared with the Father, nor is the Angel of the Lord. Okay? And we'll point out those. When we say that the Son is God and the Father is God, we do not mean that the Son is the Father. We mean that just as I and my Son are human, we both are completely human. The Son and the Father are God. They both are completely God. That's, that's the nature of God. We, a lot of times when we talk about, um, when we talk about God, we tie the nature to one entity. But that's not how the Bible defines it. That's not how God expresses it to us. And we need to be able to understand that. The verse that we started with, John 1, 1 to 3, said that in the beginning was the Word, right? The Son of God is also the Word. And the Word was with God. So that's two people, two entities, one person with a second person. And the Word was God, right? So it's the merging of these concepts together. The same was in the beginning with God. First item. We interact with the Godhead through the Son of God. John 1.18 says, No man hath seen God at any time. The only begotten Son, which is in the bosom of the Father, he hath declared him. Okay, let's explain that a little bit. In the Old Testament, we have Lord, God, and Lord God. And for the most part, they reference one individual. In a few places, you can see a distinction and you see that dis distinction um, most clearly in Isaiah chapter 48, verses 16 and 17. But for the most part, in the Old Testament, you have those titles, Lord, God, Lord, God, all intended to reference one person. And what John 1.18 tells us is that person is Christ. When Abraham spoke to God, it was Christ he was speaking to. When Moses asked to see God and was only able to see his back and that whole thing was done in Exodus um, 32, that was Christ that was operating. Whenever it talked about God um, manifesting himself on as a pillar of cloud, pillar of fire, that was Christ. And we know that for sure. I mean, we should know that because of what John says, no man hath seen God at any time, the only begotten Son, which is in the bosom of the Father, he hath declared him. We should understand it from that. But in case we don't, remember that in 1 Corinthians 10, Paul indicates that Christ was the rock right, that followed them. There we have it. In the New Testament, in the Old Testament, Lord, God, Lord, God, 
those are one person. But in the New Testament, God means the Father. Lord means the Son. There's a distinction that's made when the apostles are writing where you get to identify the members of the Godhead more clearly than they were identified in the Old Testament. Okay. So we interact with the Godhead through the Son. That's what, that's what um, we're shown here. Also, whenever we see the phrase angel of the Lord in the Old Testament, we need to see if the behavior of the entity that is called the angel of the Lord is that of an angel or that of God. And, and one of the key things that you can use to distinguish, do they accept worship or not? Okay, what is the nature of the commands that they give? Okay. The Son of God is one with the Father. There are a lot of verses you can use. We'll use two here. John 10, verse 30, Christ says, I and my Father are one. They are one in, in substance. They are one in purpose. They are, like I said, divine in the same way that we are human and our offspring are also human. God is divine and he, the father and the son are equally, equally divine. And they even share the same titles, right? Here's one in Revelation 21, 6 and 7. It says, and he said unto me, speaking of Christ, it is done. I am Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end. I will give unto him that is a thirst of the fountain of the water of life freely. He that overcometh shall inherit all things, and I will be his God, and he shall be my son. Okay, this is the son of God speaking. So the son of God himself being God has always existed, just as the father has always existed. Okay. God is eternal. I'm going to use... Hebrews 1.8 for this one. In Hebrews 1.8, this is the Father speaking. Paul is, is explaining several things to us about the ministry of Christ. And he says, But unto the Son he saith, Thy throne, O God, is forever and ever. A scepter of righteousness is the scepter of thy kingdom. Okay? So here we have the Father calling the Son God and telling us or him, or both of us, that his throne is eternal and based on righteousness. Okay? That's important. Christ's kingdom is indicated to be an eternal kingdom. And you need to be an eternal entity if you're going to be managing an eternal kingdom, which Christ is. Jesus is not a created being. We see that in Hebrews 1.27, which we referenced earlier, but we'll use another verse, Hebrews 2, verses 5 through 8. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God, and this means substance, not just appearance, thought it not robbery to be equal with God, right? So there was no problem with him being equal. He didn't do what we're about to say because he was ashamed of being equal with God but made himself of no reputation and took upon him the form of a servant and was made in the likeness of men, 
right? Again, likeness, form, substance. He became a man. And being found in fashion as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. So Christ, who is God, was not ashamed to be God, was not ashamed to be equal with the Father, but he took on himself humanity so that he could die the death on the cross. Right? He didn't take on himself humanity because he was ashamed of his divinity. So there are a lot of folks who have tried to assert that Jesus is a created being, but the Bible shows that he is the only begotten Son of God. Okay? Only begotten Son of God. And we tackle a little bit more of the begottenness in the document. It's important to recognize that the begottenness is primarily related to the incarnation. And even though the Bible refers to the begottenness sometimes in a much larger context, we have to remember that Revelation also refers to Christ being the Lamb slain from the foundation of the world, meaning that because God purposed to do this thing, God counts that thing as true even before the thing has come to pass. We need to bear that in mind. Okay? The Bible pinpoints the timing of the begottenness, but it expresses the begottenness from much earlier than that in the same way that the Bible pinpoints the timeline of the timing of the um, of the crucifixion and yet considers Christ's sacrifice to have occurred long before that. The Son of God has many names and titles, including Michael the Archangel. And uh, we won't tackle the Michael the Archangel one here. It's in the document, though. Uh, we have a podcast on Michael the Archangel at True Wisdom, so I'll link that as well. But here is one of the key verses. For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful, Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. That's Isaiah 9 and verse 6. So you see the titles of the Son. The Mighty God is one of them. Wonderful. Counselor. The Mighty God. The Everlasting Father. Now, the Everlasting Father might seem strange there, but remember that in Revelation, what is it that he said to us? Right there in Revelation chapter 21. Verse 7, he that overcometh shall inherit all things, and I will be his God, and he shall be my son. Right? If, if we are the sons of God, then that means he's our father. Right? So we need to understand that and appreciate that. Again, I'm going to say it for emphasis. When we're dealing with the Godhead, we take the information that we're given verbatim because we have no other way to identify this. Okay? No other way to identify this. The titles of the Father also apply to the Son. Revelation 22, 13, I am Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end, the first and the last. Before Abraham was, I am. The Father and the Son share almost every title, except for, as I said, the Lamb of God, which take away the sin of the world, 
or the lamb slain from the foundation of the world. Only the son has that title. And um, the angel of the Lord, only the son has that title. That title, you never see the father with that title. Jesus, the lamb of God, accepts worship and forgives sins. Okay, let's look at Hebrews 1.6. And again, when he bringeth in the first begotten into the world, he saith, this is the father speaking, and let all the angels of God worship him. Okay. Let's look at, ah, yes, John 20, verse 28. And Thomas answered and said unto him, My Lord and my God, this is speaking to Jesus. Jesus saith unto him, Thomas, because thou hast seen me, thou hast believed. Blessed are they which have not seen and yet have believed. Christ accepts worship. The Father tells the angels to worship him. The Lamb and the Father upon the throne will continue to receive worship. Okay? So what is the conclusion? 1 John 2, 22 and 23 says this, Who is a liar but he that denieth that Jesus is the Christ? He is Antichrist that denieth the Father and the Son. Whosoever denieth the Son, the same hath not the Father. But he that acknowledgeth the Son hath the Father also. Okay. What is the conclusion? One of the definitions of Antichrist is to deny who Christ is and what his mission was. If Jesus were not God, we could not worship him without violating the first commandment. This is true whether he were just a good man, a great prophet, an angel, or even some lower form of God than the Father, which some people actually believe. Worship of Jesus under any of those circumstances would be a violation of the first and third commandments. The Son of God did not and does not think it robbery to be equal with God because he is himself God. As John 1 shows us, he is God made flesh so that he could dwell among us and become our sacrifice of atonement and reconnect us with the Godhead. The Jews asked, Who can forgive sins but God only? Well, the answer is no one. Therefore, when Jesus forgave sins and read the minds of the Pharisees, he showed clearly that he is God. Because he's the only person. You never saw any of the apostles forgiving anybody's sins. The Son of God is God and equal with his Father while operating in subordinate role to the Father. Within the Godhead, there is unity there is equality, and there is hierarchy, all without contradiction. And we know that there's no contradiction because they outline it for us. We have to accept it. We cannot rationalize it. Humankind was made in the image of God. We cannot use the limitations of humankind to judge what is appropriate or not appropriate for the Godhead. Humankind is not the pattern. We are the result. Okay? God articulates to us how he operates, and we have to accept every word that he offers us about how he operates, about who he is, because we have no other means of identifying how the Godhead works and how it looks. 
nothing. There's no way to do it other than him telling us. The Son of God is God and equal with his Father while operating in subordinate role to his Father. In recent years, much of the controversy over the recognition of Christ's divinity and equality with the Father stem largely from the use of modern translations that undermine many of the texts that show his divinity. We offer a couple of links to documents that explain the translation issue in a bit more detail, so you can pursue those for further study. But we want to assure you that the divinity of Christ is clear. Divinity of Christ is clear. The Bible teaches it, it's emphasized, and we need to accept it because if we deny it, that is one of the definitions of Antichrist. And it will eventually put us in a lot of problems. So we have to be very, very careful about that. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. All things were made by him, and without him was not anything made that was made. John chapter 1, verses 1 through 3. Let's close with a word of prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, we want to thank you, Lord, for giving us wisdom and understanding. We thank you for revealing a little bit about who you are and how you operate. Help us, Lord, to learn to accept the truths that you present us about the Godhead just as they are. Help us to remember them, accept them, and apply ourselves to embracing that relationship that you desire us to have. Forgive us of our sins. Forgive us for any ways in which we have misinterpreted or misunderstood your nature as revealed in the scriptures and help us to teach others the appropriate way not to add our own flavor or our own ideas and thoughts to the mix. These and other mercies we ask in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks again for listening to this podcast. You can reach us via email at biblequestions at asbzone.com. We look forward to hearing from you, whether you have questions, comments, suggestions, or concerns. We also recommend that you check out the True Wisdom podcast, where my brother and I conduct Bible studies in a discussion format. These podcasts can be found on all of the major podcast platforms, such as Spotify, Pandora, Amazon Music, and more. Please remember our ministries in your prayers. Until we meet again next time, may God richly bless you as you prayerfully study and share His Holy Word. Thank you.